Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast as we've made our way through the entirety of the position preview series, which is a lot of fun. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that, certainly would point you back in the direction of those. Had a, uh, a really good time doing kind of our first solo live recording. You've thrown up a couple indies recently, but did our position uh, snap count uh auction i guess uh last night and made that available so that's out there uh would point you in the direction of our youtube page in general but particularly for that episode it's nice but had a little uh excel sheet up there maybe a little easier to follow along both with the snaps that were bid on a player and how many either of us had left so tonight will be our uh famous win probabilities podcast and kind of we use that to wrap into our final preview pod of the year before we you know fully move into 2021 seasonal mode so as always we'll thank our friends in new iberia louisiana we'll send our friends in new iberia louisiana uh, our absolute best as they recover uh, from ida we thank them for their uh, long-standing relationship with us fantastic title sponsor great people and uh three simple ingredients one fantastic product and uh, one sponsor the likes of what we could only uh, hope or wish for. So with that, Bud, let's uh, let's jump into the look at the schedule. So why do we do this, right? Uh, we do the Win Probabilities podcast because this is literally the way that the odds makers figure out what to post for win totals. They don't say, this game's a win, this game's a loss. This game's a win, this game's a loss. This game's a win, this game's a loss. And they don't even do, this game's a win, this game's a loss, this game's a toss-up. Like they literally think how likely is the team to win in each individual game. And then they simply add up those likelihoods to get their number. Uh, it's a much more effective way of picking games. We have had years in which both of us are like, yeah, I don't know, like eight and four sounds right. And then we do our numbers. It's like, oh, six and a half. Mm. Yeah, this schedule is trickier than we thought. Or it's like, oh, some of these are tricky. And then we realize you actually have more gimmies than you thought in other years. Maybe not recent years, I would say, uh, but certainly it has happened in the past. Uh, I absolutely believe this is one of the reasons why people think we are more negative than other podcasts, but we're also more correct more often than some other folks in the market because we actually look at each individual game and we're not throwing 100% win probability on games that are uh, not locks. Right, And we're not throwing 0% win probabilities on games that are not locks to the loss side. Uh, once we have all our numbers, we will take and kind of throw it in the little calculator here to figure out how likely each record actually is, which is fun. Uh, and this basically is the way to serve as our official win predictions. And then we reserve, I guess we reserve the right and throw our gut in it at the end, right? Um, certainly. Certainly. I always proclaim myself champion emeritus of this game because I – I think I gave Florida State an 81% chance of beating ULM a couple years ago. At the time, that sounded madness. Uh, it ended up being a decent call. Uh, but no, I, I have a laugh there, and uh, these are fun. Um, it's great that we've done this as long as we uh, have and are able to look back at moments like that. But uh, quick to crown myself a winner when uh, otherwise – it's that, probably that, a little bit more Bud's forte than mine. That post game pod is, is is still epic as hell. So. <laughs> oh man, uh, ULM by the way has yet to put out a roster. I don't know if you saw that or not. I had not seen that. No. Yeah, huh. and I don't think that's hurricane related. Maybe it is. Hope you know. I hope everybody's okay over there. But I did note that uh, some guys who cover the Sun Belt who I follow were like, uh, ULM still hadn't posted a roster for their game against Kentucky on whatever day that is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
uh, whatever. Uh, yes, this will be our last of the season preview stuff, and then we will. Uh, I also like doing this because it gives us an opportunity to talk about the opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And and sort of serve as kind of a, a quick hitter opponent preview, if you will, for the year, which is you know, which is also kind of fun. Um, do you want to lead us off here? Yeah, let's start off here with uh, with Notre Dame. Uh, I actually percentage-wise give this game a better chance than I thought I would. I have to admit, I don't understand the line in this game. I, I'm not somebody that does a whole lot of sports gambling. Made a promise to a grandfather of mine. I would stay out of the arena, and uh, you know, so far, for the most part, I have adhered to that promise, and probably a good thing. But I have a hard time making sense of, of uh, Notre Dame being but a 7.5-point dog. I gave Florida State a 28% chance of winning this game. I, I totally understand that. So, Notre Dame, I think what people are seeing, you do have some issues going on here, right? You have problems, not problems, but you have some questions. They do have several new offensive linemen. Now, they recruit the offensive line position just as well as anybody not named Alabama out there. They've had a lot of NFL draft picks recently. They do a great job developing in the offensive line. And if you're going to start as a young kid for the Irish on the offensive line, you're probably pretty damn good, to be frank. Uh, they have a new quarterback in Jack Cohn from Wisconsin uh, who got beat out by Graham Mertz, who was like the first five-star QB Wisconsin has signed in a long time. I totally understand why this line is at seven and a half because of the uncertainty with Notre Dame, because people are thinking it's it's year two coach bump, if you believe in that. I don't know if I do coming off. Of, I, right. I think there will be a year two, a year two co- coach bump. I, I think that is true, the extent of which I'm not totally sure. Uh they do have a new defensive coordinator with Clark Lee leaving to become the Vanderbilt head coach, right? Uh, they took Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati, who has a great reputation, and who Norvell has faced a couple times, by the yeah. way. Um, I think this team has a lot of talent. The one thing I'm interested in seeing is people make a big deal about the pass catchers who they lost. But what they don't realize is that Notre Dame's top two pass catchers entering the year, the two guys they were counting on uh, in Braden Lindsey and Kevin Austin, actually went down very early in the year and they're back. Mm -hmm. So the guys who they intended to be their one and two last year are actually back. Now they're guys who were technically their top pass catchers last year at the receiver position are gone, but those guys would not have been their top receivers if these dudes had not gotten hurt. So I am not as fearful about the look what they lost at receiver as some are. This is just something. It's a storyline. I followed all, all year last year on the defunct Barton and bud podcast. We were like, all right, well, Notre Dame's going to get get spat on because they they're not explosive on the outside. But let's remember, just because it's now week six, it's still the same principle applies. They lost their top two explosive guys on the outside in Lindsey and Austin, so those dudes are back. Defensive line should be a strength for them. They did lose a linebacker to injury, <clears throat> who apparently is, is a pretty good player. They obviously have have some really good players up and down that defense defensive depth chart. Uh, when this hit seven last week, I did bet it and put it in the Bud's Bets column on 24-7 Sports. I think the number should be 10 and a half. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. what number would I bet FSU at? Probably 13. You know, if I ever saw a 14 pop, I, I would, I would certainly, certainly hit that. But I really wasn't in a rush to, to take the 10, uh, mainly because I, I'm actually fairly high on this FSU team, I think. But I don't really love the matchup, man. Um, and we'll get into this more, but like, there's some stuff just stylistically that I don't love for this FSU team against the Irish. 
Yeah, don't love the matchup. You make a good point. They bring the wide receivers back uh, that would have been their two leaders going into last year. They have a sexually talented backfield. Uh, the four kids that will be starting are you know, high school All-Americans, and the fifth is a kid that you created a national trending hashtag to try to get uh, yourself in the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, there's certainly aspects of this that I'm a little bit worried on the offensive side of the ball. I think the when Florida State has the ball, it's a it's a little bit slightly more favorable matchup. But I uh, I have concerns with stopping Notre Dame, and I particularly have concerns with getting uh, grounded and, and pounded over time, and seeing what uh, Florida State has in the in the tank the final twenty minutes of the game. I think the strength of FSU defense is, is the defensive line and the defensive backs, uh, and quite frankly, I don't like their linebacking core. Sorry, this is a broken record like last year. I feel a little bit better than I did last year, I guess, but not a ton. Um, Notre Dame, though, one of the best running backs in the entire country. They think they had the best tight end room in the entire country, and it's hard to disagree with that one. Mm -hmm. So they're probably going to stay in 12 personnel, two tight ends, most of the game. I would. Don't allow FSU to play nickel and dime against you. Make FSU play multiple linebackers on the field, like three and see how that works out. I, I want to get FSU's worst defenders on the field all in a group against my best position groups. Um, so for that reason, I, I do favor Notre Dame here. I, I made Notre Dame a 21.5% uh, win chance for FSU. Okay. So you were 20, you said 27? 28. 28. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't love the matchup. And that's not me thinking Notre Dame's an amazing team. Um, I just, I'm, I'm skeptical on this one. I could be wrong. Right, maybe the offense gels more. Hasn't been together a whole lot as a full first string unit a whole lot in camp, from what I understand. So, Jacksonville State, man. Uh, I guess I'm up first for this one. Yeah, I uh, I gave this the old 1.0. Okay, all right. I gave it about 0.92. I mean, okay. I, I'm not quite there yet to buy in on a Florida State team, particularly second game. I mean, uh, this was not a Last year's second game of the season was not a cakewalk by any means either. Uh, yeah, I just they do have uh, Cooper. I, I is, uh, good good QB. Yeah, not to get in front of myself. I think I gave UMass nine nine, so that that's as close as I came to a full one. But uh, yeah, point nine two here for me. Jacksonville State actually, some people might favor them over UMass. Legitimately here, right? <clears throat> um, including you, obviously. Yeah. So, all right. Now, the next one I think is interesting. You're up first for this one. A road game at Wake Forest. A, a game that really will, uh, I'm not going to say decide their season. I think that is hyperbolic, and I don't want it to just be a shock jock. Uh, but a game that will impact their season in a, a real big way. You win this one, I think you have a decent chance to have the kind of season you want to have. If you don't win this game, it is hard for me seeing a real path for you to get to a bowl game to keep this amazing recruiting class together and keep the dream alive for Mike Norvell of turning around FSU in a major way. Uh, man, people's opinions are all over the board about Wake Forest, dude. Mm -hmm. Some people really love them. They did lose an important receiver and an important right tackle in preseason camp. Uh, that was announced at ACC Media Day. They were not that great last year. I think Dave Clawson's a hell of a coach and they do return a lot of experience at other, other key spots. What, what do you have for this one? I have at, at 0.51. I, uh, I actually 
pushed them up a couple uh, percentages or single digit percentages uh, based on the fact that it's a three thirty game. I might have had this under under a half win percentage if it was a nooner. Uh, it's just a sleepy echoist stadium uh, in some of those settings. I've been to a wake game and it's it can be. You can kind of feel like you're trying to run through, you know, sludge water or something like that. So I like that it's a little bit later in the day, 3.30 kick. Uh, I give Florida State the, you know, the slightest of edges possible here. This is one that I am probably the least confident, not in terms of not like least confident in winning, just least confident in my prediction. Because I really do not know what we're going to get in Wake Forest. I do not know how FSU's team is going to gel. I mean, people talk about Mike Norvell installing installing his culture, and I think that's a good thing to talk about. This is still a team largely made up of mercenaries is kind of a strong word, but transfers. It's not like this is one of these returning experience teams FSU has with all these COVID seniors coming back and so much experience. They actually have a lot less experience than most teams on, on their schedule uh, on average. They're fairly inexperienced relative to the average. Wake Forest could get them. But I also think like FSU could blow them out. Mm-hmm. If all this talent, and it's not that much talent, but like if all these players click, there is a chance that FSU can height, weight, speed these guys. Uh, there's also a chance that FSU goes out there and gets embarrassed. I think the range of outcomes in this game is quite large. So I literally threw a 0.5 on this, which, mm. I mean, you have 0.51. But like there's some I there's some teams I'll tell you like th- that I have closer to the same range. I could see FSU just blowing their doors off. There's some teams I, I can't see that happening. This mm-hmm. is one that I think the, the range of outcomes is really big because I don't know what you're going to get from Wake. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting setup. They they've gone away from the mesh points aren't quite as like laughably long as they used to be. I mean, that was one of the stranger things uh that I've ever seen. They're practicing for a wedding dance or something, yeah. man. For, <laughs> yeah. But uh it's uh, it, you're right. This this could go a, a variety of ways. It's funny that we both are more or less coin flip, but uh, that's where we are through three games. And before we move to Louisville, I'll say that I was fortunate enough to buy this house in February uh, earlier this year. Otherwise, I would have contacted our great friends at Legendary Home Loans, as Bud has done twice now uh, in the process of him finding a home. Dude, awesome, awesome, great guys at Legendary Home Loans. 844 FSU loan. Give Shannon and Chad a call. It's, it's it, look, it's it's knowledge of the industry, a real desire, uh, you know, to, to help people. Shannon doesn't even do really other loans at this point. Like he's elevated so much that he's managing other people, but yet he still takes and personally handles all the Nolcast calls because he's like, look, man, I know they're great people to work with, right? They're they're great borrowers. That 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 line goes right to me. And that's that kind of personal service that, that I want to get. And my loan guy, and that's why I choose Legendary Home Loans, and I've done so twice. 844-FSU loan. So I'm up with Louisville. Louisville is another really high high variance type game for me uh, for the following reasons. Number one, what what is the mentality of this team? Scott Satterfield very publicly either interviewed for, uh, that's the Louisville head coach, interviewed for or met with uh, the South Carolina job. He came back. He said, hey, I felt like I owed it to myself to go check it out. My parents live in South Carolina, blah, 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 blah. It was kind of weird excuses. Like, uh. Scott Satterfield is like not a good, not a good liar, right? Our, our, our 
our friend Mark Ennis was talking about this. It's like, man, if he was just a little bit smoother, this would have just been glossed over fine. But he was just open and honest about it. And it sometimes the honesty doesn't go over very well. Um, Louisville was one of the least lucky teams in the country last year. If they had neutral turnover luck, they are probably two to three wins better last year. Uh, and there is an argument that this is a team that is going to be a big bounce-back team. I know our friend David Hale believes they will be a strong bounce-back team. I'm not sure I can get there. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to suck again. I have questions about their passing offense, about them losing some real explosive weapons. And I am not totally sure their defense is going to be great. However, the one thing they do very well is that zone run game. They've mastered that. Everywhere Scott Satterfield has been, they they run that stuff, and they run it really well, including back when he was at App State. They ran FSU out of the building with that stuff last year. This is Last year, it was not a great matchup. I think this is a game that Coach Fuller and Coach Marv and those guys have got to earn their money, right? You cannot get embarrassed by a team that has fewer explosive playmakers on the outside, again, just because you cannot stop outside zone. Like that, that is something you have to be able to force them to play left-handed, to do something different. And then on the on the flip side, Mike Norvell and company have to create enough explosive plays to you know, this game is probably going to be, I would say, pointsy. I actually have them at 0.51 here. Um <laughs> what do you have? Are you are you not the same? Hand in the really? 0.51. Yep. So yeah, like I think it's a coin flip. But one that I slightly favor FSU in, barely. Here is my, uh, like, if you want me to tell you the sum of all fears that I have about this season, it's that Florida State looks, like, woefully unprepared to play against Notre Dame, and they get schooled on rather simple counter concepts, as they did last year. And then you come into the Louisville game, and you lose that game in a manner that it shows you're, un, like, woefully underprepared uh, for what they do with the outside zone. And in that case, you may have two people on the roster who are, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions asked about them from a and should coaching be. perspective and should be. Like if you get and blown off the ball by Notre Dame, that's one thing. It's a physical thing. You just don't have the dues to hang. That's I can possible, deal with, by the way. I can deal with it. Everybody can deal with that. But if you're just sit there grasping at air because some rather simple counter concepts are being thrown at you and you have no idea how to defend or, uh, you know, to play unselfish football, that that is going to be tough. Now, week one may be forgiven, but if you circle back to week four and you show us that twice in the first two games, uh, then it's going to be a lot of questions asked about two members of your defense coaching staff, and that, in theory, could start to bleed into hurt hurting some of your recruiting efforts. So I'll go ahead. In general, I think I'm pretty positive about these outcomes and stuff, but I will tell you my deepest concern for this year is being at a real bad place after four games and a lot of question marks being asked to your linebacker and defense coordinator. I agree with that. Um, okay, so I am. Uh, you're up first for Syracuse. Syracuse, I have Florida State at .79 here. Uh, fairly confident about this game. Uh, it is the most confident of the ACC matchups that I have in Florida State's perspective. Honestly, I probably could have gone even a little bit higher here, but I thought seven nine was fair. And that is where I am in the fifth game of the season, the first game in October. So I'm I'm at point eight six actually, okay. uh, which is I mean obviously this is our first real big disagreement I guess. Uh, Notre Dame was was kind of a disagreement. Um, 
this is one of the situations where just situationally, I like the matchup for FSU. Uh, I think FSU's secondary is is talented. I don't want to say good yet. Last year, I thought they were talented and they, they played like crap. But I think they're talented. Uh, they have another year of coaching under their belt. Syracuse is not a team you're going to have to play a whole lot of linebackers against. You could play this entire game, most likely in, in dime, which I think benefits you. Um, it's a speed game. It's not a real physical game. I'm not sure FSU is a very physical team at this point. Syracuse does not have some of those dominant defensive linemen who they've had in years past. Like, Remember how they would just have this one random freak, and all of a sudden they'd get him lined up on Juwan Williams, and he would look like – remember when Shredder drank the ooze in, in Ninja Turtles 2? And like he he busts up from the dock and and uh, it's like oh my god like that that's how everybody looked when they played Juwan Williams, uh, but you know ultimately they don't really have that guy anymore, right? Um, but they do have a lot of experience coming back. I think it's possible their their front is pretty good. That's what prevents this from being a lock. We know Dino Baber's teams can typically score points, um, but I feel pretty good about this one because of the style. Of the matchup, I like their chances here to get a, a win and maybe a dare I say a dominant win. Although this is a, an interesting sandwich spot between uh, between Syracuse or between Louisville and North Carolina. It is, yeah. So I'm at point seven nine. You're at point eight six. Yeah, a little bit of room there. Uh, you're right. It's a good matchup. Like I said, I probably could have gone a little bit higher, but I've just got to see. Florida State play at a level before I start to push uh, in conference competition into the you know eighty percentile or higher. But uh, all things considered, fairly similar numbers so far. All right, bud, this will be an interesting one. Traveling to North Carolina, uh, certainly a team that will, you know, if you believe in payback, will uh, will be interested in in giving you a little back uh, as to what was otherwise yeah, kind of a fluky game and parts. I know you held on there at the end with a kid dropping the ball some, but to be fair, you UNC was up by 10 with the ball beginning of the fourth quarter, so it's not like they you know, were on some wild charge and they just ran out of time, per se. They certainly had ample opportunity uh, to yeah. come back and win the game, and they did not. So you played well. You had flashes, obviously the Kendo play, some, some other moments uh, that really stand out from that game. But this year's a different year, and you're traveling to North Carolina. I gave Florida State a 12% chance of winning this game. Get out. 12 exactly? Yes. I'm going to change mine to like 13 just to be different from you. Okay. All right. Um, I literally had 12. Uh, basically, my thought process here was what you said. North Carolina is not going to sleep on FSU again. I think North Carolina North Carolina has recruited extremely well. Um North Carolina's defense might be pretty damn good this year. I think they have maybe the best secondary in the SEC, or excuse me, in the ACC. They would have a secondary that's pretty competitive in, in the SEC too, if we want to go ahead and use my my, my misspeaking there. Um, that's not a great matchup, in my opinion, because it forces you to do some stuff that I'm not sure Jordan Travis is going to throw all that well if if JT is actually the starter, right? Like they, they could sit, they could sit and kind of some you know one high rat stuff. Maybe that maybe that you like that. Maybe you don't. If you like Jordan Travis' ability to throw four verts, okay. I think they can play you man across the board with a spy on Travis. They have much better defensive line depth than they've had in the past. That's a game that I think you will probably struggle to score a whole lot of points in. Um, defensively, I think North Carolina will score on FSU too, just personally. We're, if we're wrong about this game, 
it's maybe because UNC's offensive line is not taking the step that they expect it to take, or maybe some of those, those receivers trying to replace some of the guys they lost uh, aren't quite as good as as they hope. I want to uh, I want to bring up a point here though. A lot of people who DM us or add us on Twitter or in the comment section of YouTube or wherever, I don't know if you notice this, but they say stuff like, well, hey, Syracuse is a lock, and as long as we can get one of this or one of that. But from our projections, you are about as likely to beat North Carolina as you are to lose to Syracuse. I want to point that out. Mm-hmm. North Carolina is not a lock, a lock loss, and Syracuse is not a lock win. They're close. But they're not absolute locks. Like Jacksonville State and UMass are basically locks, right? At Clemson, which we'll talk about in a second, is probably a lock loss, unless something just absolutely insane happens with with QB injuries. But I just think that's important to point out here. Like there, there are no certainties in this sport. We are not saying that there are any guarantees. Like I'm just saying what I think is going to happen, you know, just just as you are. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so there you are through six games. We'll thank our friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis and his team have been nothing but a fantastic addition for us and have been great for Jonathan Select Shades. Uh, Daniel Diaz is another guy that uh, has recently joined them and raved about kind of their white glove service, attention to detail. And uh, that was the entity that was creating its first kind of U.S. uh, opening here and uh, had a little bit of some unique circumstances that Matt was able to help them through uh, Matt Lewis has been a great partner for us. We'd ask that you give him consideration if you're looking for a PEO or just looking for uh, an entity that can help you optimize your business in whatever way possible. You can go to congruityhr.com to learn more about him or email Matt directly at Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, at congruityhr.com. Okay, so uh, I'm up here for UMass. UMass should play in the FCS. They're not a very good team. Um Willie Taggart's FAU team with the backup quarterback last year beat them by like what 40, I think it was, or at least at one point it looked like they were just totally gonna run away with the game. 2020, what was this? Oh, 24 to 2. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it yeah. was. I thought it was a little higher than that, but um well, it says 2020. Yeah, all right. Well weird two. Yeah, uh, U- UMass had 140 yards against FAU. 140. Like mm-hmm. this, this is a bad team. I'm not sure Walt Bell's a good coach at all. In fact, I have real doubts. Um, yeah, they they were just uh, they were not not good last year. They're not going to be very good this year. This is like the one game that I think FSU second string would comfortably win. Maybe not not comfortably, but I would still pick if you if you made FSU play with all non-starters, I would still pick the Knolls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as would I. I think I went ahead and said this. I got this at point nine nine. Okay, so you are up first on the Clemson Tigers, who lost a lot, but also recruited uh, at a pretty ungodly level. Just so that, do you have a one on UMass? I do. So I, 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 yeah, I gave him a one point. I figured as much. Okay, bud. Clemson six percent. That's what I have. Ooh, uh well, I went 4%. Okay. Do we need to discuss this a lot? Uh, I think you have physical mismatches, or mismatches on both lines of scrimmage, most likely. Maybe not quite as much as you would have had last year. Last year could have been uh, very disappointing. Clemson's defensive line is probably their best that they've had in quite some time. 
Like if I gave you 17 to one or 18 to one, whatever 6% comes out to here, would you take it? Uh, I mean, I got 6% maybe even optimistic, but uh, yeah, 18 to one. I would take that. Okay. I'm not offering that. Well, actually I, I will offer that. You want to do that? 18 to one for a hundred? Sure. Absolutely. Right. Sounds good. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll gladly give that here on the show since my number is four percent, which implies I think the number should be more like twenty-five to one. Um, obviously, if I'm going to put that number out. I need to need to justify that in backing that up. Um, how does how does Ingram win this bet? It's probably QB injury, and maybe guys if if Clemson loses games early, deciding to opt out and go pro, citing COVID or something. I'm, I struggle a little bit to figure out a way here. A lot of turnovers as well in that equation. I just don't think they're set up to compete athletically with, with that team right now. <clears throat> no, no, there's certainly not. I mean, that, that's why collectively we give Florida State a 5% chance of winning this game. Uh, and that, because of my number, may be even a little too favorable um that's the right. only game on their schedule by the way that i believe a money line will not be offered by vegas typically when you when you get really? north when you get north of like 24 points um they don't throw up money lines some some places do but like it's not universal across the board mm -hmm. you know um every other game i think is actually winnable not likely wins but winnable that one i have a real hard time seeing yeah all right, here's another one of the more critical games of the season, bud. You go up to Clemson and then return back to Tallahassee uh, to play NC State here. First game in the month of uh, November, what will be a pretty critical November for Florida State. You have to think, uh, November the 6th, NC State comes to town, time TBD. Uh, let's see, I think I, is it your turn to lead us off here with percentages? Uh, it is because you went 0.06 and I went 0.04. Um, I have 0. 0.46 for NC State. 0. 0.45. Wow. Okay. We did not discuss this beforehand, but we do podcasts like three times a week. So um, I think NC State's going to be a pretty damn good team. I don't think these projected preseason metrics are capturing the value of them bringing back a quarterback in Leary who didn't get to play a good part of last year, but when he did play, it was really good. I think they're going to be very strong on the offensive line, should push FSU around. Uh, they could run the football effectively. I like their receivers a whole lot. I think they'll be better on the defensive line, and I think more experience will help them in the secondary. I don't like this matchup. It's winnable, but like I'm not picking FSU. If I had to pick them straight up, I would not pick an FSU victory here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, this is a hard game to judge in general, but particularly where it falls in the season. Uh, but like we said, if Florida State is to have – one of those uh, better type seasons, whether that be six or seven wins, uh, depending on how optimistic you you get, this is really kind of got to be one of the games that bounces your way. So uh, with that, you travel to, no, excuse me, you host Miami November 13th. Uh, let's see, Bud, you went first, so I'm going here. I've got this at a 29% chance of victory for Florida State. I have 27 we, we are, again, fairly close. Um, yeah, I, I think Miami, if everything goes right, could absolutely blow the doors off FSU. However, I think there's also a path for stuff to go wrong. We, we've already seen some preseason injuries for those guys. Uh, they're not real happy with their depth at defensive end. 
They've had some injuries on the offensive line already. You know, Derek King is back and healthy. And certainly we hope that he stays healthy. But he is coming off an ACL. That's no guarantee he's going to play well. I think he will. I think I think he'll play well. Miami's receivers were nothing special last year. Are they actually better? We'll learn a lot about that on Saturday night when they play Alabama. Because Bama's going to watch what Clemson and UNC did to them, which was man them up and say beat us, and they couldn't do a damn thing. And we'll see what happens. Um, FSU may be able to man them up, by the way, those receivers. Getting another crack at that offense, having an offense of your own that is slightly less you know, disorganized than it was last year during that game. That was also the Norvell COVID game, if you recall. Uh, Miami's interior defensive line, I think, is still pretty damn good. They have a lot of speed on defense overall. They don't love their linebackers. I I think this is the most winnable of the games in which you are definitely going. There are five games on the schedule, right, where you will no doubt be an underdog. Like I just can't see a way you're going to be favored in these. Notre Dame, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, and Florida. Of those five, to me, I'm giving something away here, Miami is the most winnable game. It's at home. You can play most of your spread defense against it. They're not going to get in double tights, most likely. They're not a super physical run team, although they they do have a very experienced offensive line, which worries me. Like That's one of the reasons why you are an underdog in this game. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm I'm uh, I think there's a chance here. You know, we need to be to watch it, right? Yeah, well, we most certainly we need to be, or we uh, we may well be before a game at, at Madso, and uh, we're ever so fortunate to be able to work with them for as long as we have. Looking forward to being around this weekend, the Notre Dame game, everything else. Uh, we've got some plans to hit up Charlie Park, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, the Louisville game will be, you know, staying in that general vicinity. So, uh, you know, I'll be might have to call Bud late night, tell him to come come get me from the bar. Things got a little sideways there, but uh, no, really looking forward to see Charlie Park. Looking forward to see Madso, and uh, we've mentioned this many times previously, but we will be doing our listener appreciation event for the Louisville game and have placed our orders for koozies on there. We'll have a couple other things to hopefully give away and look forward to uh, seeing as many of y'all as possible over the next month. And as always, we're ever so fortunate to be able to pair with Matt and his team. All right, so let's go ahead and do uh, um... – Let's go ahead and do the Boston College game. I'm interested in what you think here. This is another one where people really have differing opinions. Mm -hmm. So I'm at .62 on this game uh, with Florida State uh, obviously having a, a decent chance of getting this win. Um, maybe this is just lazy talk. I'll be fascinated to see when this game is played as far as in the day, to see what the weather looks like. You know, traveling to Boston and on in late November can be a little dicey. Uh, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit uh, optimistic as to what the conditions might look like uh, or Florida State's general potential of getting a win here. But I do like the matchup. Uh, I do like the end of the year uh, where you really know that this is a game that you've got to win with what's left on your schedule. And uh, in my opinion, Florida State is more likely than not goes to Boston College and gets a much needed victory here at the end of the year. Yeah, I had this one at, at .48. Um, mm. this is our, probably our, our biggest split, but yeah. I don't, I don't totally disagree with you. Right. I, I totally see your rationale for this. Um, so if FSU wins this game, it's because Boston college's defense 
did not improve as much as people think think that it will under the second year of Jeff Halfley. Um, new head coach Jeff Halfley is a very good defensive coach. Last year, they improved all the way from 110th to 98th in defensive SP+, which means they were still definitively a worse defense than FSU was last year, which is hard to do. But they return a lot of experience from that defense. We will see uh, how, how much actually having real, real practices helps that team. I think Boston College, it's safe to say they were unlikely to be one of those teams that was having the secret practices during COVID, right? Where some of these other schools, as we know about Nebraska now, uh, may have been. I I hope to God FSU was not, given how they played, <laughs> right? Like that's that'd be a bad a bad look if you held secret practices and still uh, still played that way. I'm not aware if if they did. So, what scares me about this is that I do think Boston College's offensive line is pretty good. They have a very aggressive and capable passing game. I don't like the spot, mostly, that you have mm-hmm. to go play quarterback Phil Jerkovic, who played very well for them. I mean, this is – you don't get a bye week last five games, right? Clemson – at Clemson, NC State, host Miami. Then you got a sandwich trip at BC before you go to Florida. I mean, you got your two biggest rival games of the year in a three-week span, and sandwiched in between there is a trip to BC. That's difficult. Right, I, I can't tell you that I'm confident this team's going to go up there and win that. Maybe they will, but you know, maybe maybe they won't. Um, I'm just not totally convinced in that. I guess. I'd be interested to hear your number for the Florida game, bud. Uh, I'm I got feeling tw- I'm gonna be a little more optimistic than you are. I, I got twelve percent. Okay, yeah. I've Basically, got tw- the UNC. The UNC I've got point two six. Uh, okay. This is more based off. I hate where it is. You know, obviously the Florida game is always where it is on the schedule, at least up until this point in time. Uh, I personally don't know that Florida State will be playing Florida in the regular season in 10 years, and it wouldn't shock me to see this game get moved before that happens. But uh, it, since for now and uh, historically, it's always been the last game of the year. I hate, like you said, you could travel into Boston College, then go in there. But I don't know, man. This is more based off. This is more based off just a feel, uh, in my opinion. So, something to me, I could see Florida having a exceptionally disappointing year this year, and that may yeah. just be me wanting that to happen. But I could see that happening, and I could see of the you know I know based on percentages, I have some other ones here, but of the games that Florida State would be classified as a major upset, I I think this could be it, and I could see things really coming off the train tracks at the end of the year for, for the people in Gainesville. I think that that is very possible, right? Especially if all the Mullen NFL stuff comes to pass, that's, that could happen. Um, however, I will say Mullen as a coach, not in the off season, not in recruiting, but like he overachieves his win total consistently. Like they, him and Pat Fitzgerald are, are two guys in the P five who routinely get more than is expected I think there is some comfort level there in him going back to an offense that he ran for a long time with the running QB stuff, uh, as opposed to trying to run some kind of offense he's never run before after losing a guy who's now QB on the the Bucks. I think it is Kyle Trask. Is, is that he got he got picked by the Bucks right to, to be Brady's replacement eventually? Uh, yeah, I believe he's with with Tampa. Yeah, um, so. I just think there's a certain comfort level. I think Florida's defense will be improved a decent bit due to some key transfers who they got and they're very excited about. But it could all fall apart too, for sure. Uh, they had a lot of guys on last year's team who were members of the recruiting classes of 16 and 17. 
It's a very veteran team, and this year will be younger. And we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, so Ingram, you want to uh, you want to know kind of what these totals came out at? Yeah, let's let's see what it looks like. All right, let's go. D one equal sign on that, you know, just for posterity, if it help. What in the world is going on with this calculation? Hmm. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway. So I have you at 5.8. Sound mm, right? It's a little bit higher than I thought. I thought it was at 5.72 going into this. but um... And I have me at 5.59. Okay. So you're about 0.2 wins higher than me? That seems kind of fair, I guess. Right? Um, yeah, like that's roughly, yeah, that, that seems about right. So just looking at this, I'm pulling up my numbers and it looks like I have a, about a 50, 53% chance of FSU making a bowl. Hmm. Um, seems about fair. Looks like you have a 50, 55, 56% chance of FSU making a bowl. I really encourage you guys to try this at home, right? Run through this. Don't try to run through it with a final number in mind. Just go game by game. Really calculate what you think the chance FSU actually wins in these games are and let us know. Show your work and, and show me how, how you got there. I also want to point out something here. There are a number of games that are in that 20 to 80% range. That means FSU has very few games on the schedule that we would define as coin flips. I have slightly fewer coin flips than Ingram does, which I think is going to speak to this, this wide range of outcomes that he has here. But Ingram, did you know that you have four, five, six, and seven wins as outcomes all greater than 15%? Hmm. Interesting. Right. That's a big swath. I don't yeah. think people, when they think of college football teams and projections, do they think about that? Like, like, yeah, I think they'll win somewhere between four and seven games. No, nobody talks like that. But people doing projections do. People looking at a season and saying, yeah, that's kind of a reasonable range. And the thing is, if Ingram's numbers are right, this is probably like a top, what, 45-ish type team in SP+, which would be a big, big jump. You know, last year they were they were not that, <laughs> they were not that good, right? Um you know, I, I think that that's something for everybody to keep in mind. Like that, and it's a good thing as well to remind folks here because I also have them as double digits to go between four and seven wins. We need to keep something in mind. I'm pulling up something. I want, I want to kind of set a goal here too for the season, and this is taking a little second to load. We have to realize that a team that ranks like 50th in the country, which would be a significant step forward. If you rank 50th in the country, like that is a very possible with just random bounces of the ball that you go four and eight or that you go seven and five or six and six or five and seven with no difference in team quality, just random luck to the good or random bad luck, right? Obviously to the bad. Um, like th those are very reasonable outcomes. I have a hard time seeing you go three and nine if you're truly a top 50 team. I have a hard time seeing you actually go eight and four or better. 
if you're truly a top 50 team. Now, if you want to play a lot better, I'm all for it. Please play a lot better. I would love to have people actively engaged in the season for longer than they've been in recent years, despite the fact that our numbers have stayed surprisingly good. Uh, you know, but I just think that's something to keep in mind here. The rank, like the, the record is not, it's not everything. It's important, but it's definitely not everything. You know, last year they were 85th in SP plus. One of the worst teams in the ACC. I would like to see them this year legitimately get to 50th. I think, but based on Ingram's numbers, he'd like to see him get to like top 45, maybe top 40. That'd be a, that'd be a real jump. That would show me real progress. You finish in the top 45 uh, S and P. You have Florida State fans should be, feel very confident about uh, the hands that they're in and what lies in store for the next two to three years. Pretty much regardless of record, too, because you could get to top 45 in S and P by playing your butts off against North Carolina. Clemson, Miami, and Notre Dame, and Florida, and losing a couple of those games close. And the system's going to see, wow, they played really high-quality football against a really good opponent and still lost. And then losing coin flip games, like that—that that is that's a possible outcome, right? Let's say that happens. Let's say you go 4-8. and eight. You could go 4-8 and eight as a top 45 team easily against this schedule. This is a very difficult schedule. You could also win your coin flip games, get your doors blown off in those five games that we mentioned, and be like, great, look at us. We're seven and five. Mm -hmm. But did you make real progress or did you just get lucky? Right. What if, what, like, what if you go seven and five and you're 65th in SP? Now, I would take that because you can sell that in recruiting because recruits don't know what SP is, but I would have real concerns if you only moved up from 85th to 65th about the coaching staff's ability going forward. Because to me, it would be like, that's more luck. Now, they're going to infuse the thing with a lot of talent if you go 7-5 and because that probably means you have a hell of a hot start to the year. But that's why it is important to look deeper, guys. I really I really think so. So, like, keep track of the record, play this game at home, but also keep in mind, like, where do you think this team is going to finish in SP Plus? Like, set a reasonable goal if they stay healthy. Norvell did say that they are uh, – what, what was this quote today on vaccination? That they're getting – they are 90% of the way the process has begun for more than 90% of the roster. Which is kind of a non-statement, but again, what we I, I'm con, I'm confident with what I reported two weeks ago. Sources in the program believe they will get there. Yeah. To, yeah. to the vaccination threshold. There have been some humorous anecdotes about like guys trying to get two shots in four days and stuff like that. Uh when you talk to people in Tallahassee and I uh, I appreciate the intent, maybe not the execution, but uh, it, it does seem to have become a larger issue for some of those on the roster, which is good to hear. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got anything else tonight? No, man. This has been uh, this has been a hell of a lot of fun the past two weeks. I, I don't know that I've enjoyed doing this uh, as much in a while, and it's uh, you know going to be some rough Saturdays in here in the future, but certainly nice to be able to have a uh, you know honest and and uh, authentic opinion that the program is, is headed in the right direction. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like this year, but uh, really excited as we kind of close the book on the preseason part of this podcast. Oh, by the way, uh, I calculated our conference wins. Uh, you have 3.35 and I have 3.25. So okay. pretty close there. We, we really vary more on the non-conference wins. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, we'll have to review this at the end of the season and see just how wrong we were. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But yeah, that number strikes me. Like your projections literally had them 15 plus percent in four and four and four and eight, five and seven, six and six and seven and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a huge range of outcomes. It's quite the kind of bell curve for things to fall under. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. No doubt. So like we said, do that at home. Love for you to uh, tweet us and show us your results. Uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, if you get a chance to, Subscribe to us on YouTube or just sit there and, you know, mute a window while you're at the office and watch every video we've ever done. Watch hours are now our main line of focus. Yeah. If you hit the, the playlist, you don't even have to hit next. It'll you just automatically roll just to it. Sit there and walk away from your desk and let it go over the course of the evening and you will be my hero. So uh, thank you for all your support. Look forward to seeing you guys down at the uh, Notre Dame game, the Louisville game. And for now, this has been the Nolcast.